Okay, and we're live. So, would you like to give any kind of update this morning, or should we jump into the questions? Um, well, I just want to say that I have been a little um, late to reply to some texts, emails, and whatnot from some of you. Um, it's because I've been a little under the weather. I had some dental surgery this week, and I'm just recovering, feeling pretty good today. Um, and nice to be with you all. Nothing serious, but um, um, had to be done. So um, other than that, uh, uh, everything's good. And uh, let's take the questions. Oh, well, I wanted to mention one thing. Uh, I just, it came to my knowledge. Actually, Krishnadas was kind enough to give me a early birthday gift of this book, uh, it's a lecture uh, transcription, transcription book of Shilanarayamarj's lectures that he gave in Eugene in 1996 at Guru Maharaj's temple. And Guru Maharaj and Nishinga Maharaj were the only ones who hosted Shilanarayamarj on his first tour to the West. And so there's Guru Maharaj is in this book and there's all these conversations and stuff. So I just wanted to put it out there. It's published by Bhakta Bandhav, if anybody's interested. Just a little... little uh, uh, thing for everybody to know. It seems like uh, Shamsundar, oh, there he is. I'm sorry. So, okay, Shamsundar came a little late. So, let me get him going on this. Or maybe I just didn't see him come earlier. I don't see that um, button that you click English only. Yeah, it's because I'm just uh, enabling Shamsundar as the interpre interpreter. So uh, now it should be there. Do you see it, Kurmach? Yes. Okay, just for everybody, go to the interpretation thing Oops. in English. Yeah. And mute original audio. Okay. All right, so let's jump into the questions, right? Yes. Okay, so the first question is from Zach, from I think from North Carolina, right? So he asks... How do we deal with spiritual authorities slash senior devotees who give advice or who are supposed to give advice to us whom we don't feel are qualified? How do you know that such a judgment is warranted and is not out of pride? Especially when having to make a decision of whether to distance, distance ourselves from someone's counsel, spiritually or emotionally, so that we can maintain a healthy sadhana. In other words, in the world of devotees, how do we navigate discriminating against other senior devotees? Well, I think that um, in one sense, uh, one has to have faith in a particular devotee, one's guru, for example. Um, and one has good reason to have faith in a guru. Um, I've said before that while the Upanishads say, Tadvigyanartam sa guru mevabhikachit, one must have a guru. I've always taken it more than a law, you must have, but I must have because I feel inspired. Mm -hmm. And that inspired feeling that uh, brings us under the under the guidance of a particular Vaishnav as our um, uh, guru is an inner 
necessity that the outer appearance of the guru figure corresponds with. There is the Cheta guru, the inner guru, if you will, but in Chaitanya Charitamrita, in the very beginning, and it's explained that the Cheta guru manifests externally as the Mahant guru, the physical guru before us. And um, when he or she speaks to us, well, then, you know, uh, we haven't got a doubt with what they're, what they're saying. Our capacity to hear the Cheta guru is, is, is limited at best. And for that reason, the Cheta guru manifests externally as the Mahant Guru. So, um, um, I mean, we're not, you know, Lord Brahma, who uh, was the only person around. So <laughs> Krishna appeared to him internally. Um, so um, anyway, the point being relative to your question that uh, we we uh, come under the shelter of our Guru for good reason. Mm-hmm. Um and it's natural and so forth. Now, there may be then in the context of that at, at times when our guru says things to us that, um, that, um, that, uh, we may be hard for us to, to do or even philosophical points for us to understand them and fully accept them. But, but because of our faith in, in our, in our guru by, because of his or her example, and the knowledge from scripture that um, he or she supports their statements with, we, um, we, you know, we proceed. That's that's our, our faith. There may be um, areas within the philosophy that we don't have access to and are difficult for us to understand, but we have faith in them because there are aspects of the philosophy that we, we didn't understand and we see now very plainly that's that's true and we, and we learned that from our guru so anyway we have faith in a guru um, and if the guru tells us that such and such sector for example of Vaishnavas it's not in your interest to associate with them let's say for example um you know, uh, some of my disciples sometimes um, have interactions with Iskon, and Iskon has an official policy against me. Sometimes it's not a problem amongst the devotees on the ground, if you will, but then sometimes it is, and they they um, are critical of me. Then I would have to tell my disciples, you know, that you know, it's not in your interest to be in their company if they're critical of me. Um, and um, so, uh, anyway, I mean, the answer to your question is have faith in one guru and take uh, his or her guidance. And um, and I don't see then uh, what the what the what the what the problem would be if I understand your, your question correctly. There are instances in which. The guru may have to tell us that is bad association. This one is bad association. This group is bad association. This this teaching over here is not in your interest. No, it may be in somebody else's interest. It may be good for somebody else in some way, but not good for you. That's that's a relative thing. Or it may be absolutely bad from a spiritual point of view. Mm-hmm. And um, let's say I have a sentimental attachment to someone who my guru determines is, is not in my spiritual interest, then it becomes a little difficult, but I have to separate myself from my sentiments 
and have faith that my guru has a deeper vision as to what my spiritual interest is. And um, and that happens even in the context of, you know, ordinary life. So I have friends, family members, and so forth. Let's say they're not favorable for Krishna consciousness. or And so I have to separate myself from them based on what I can understand from my guru is my spirit and scripture is my spiritual interest. We do that. So this is, it may have to be done on another level as well in relation to other, um, other Vaishnavas. So, um, but your answer is, your question is how to, how to determine, well, you have faith in somebody, in one guru, you should. And if you don't, well, then you still play the field, you know, if you will, until you find faith in, in, in a guru. And, uh, and then uh, you um, accept initiation from him or her and so forth. And there, and there you have your, your, your answer. That, that's your go-to hmm, for those de- de- determinations. And, and of course, we have to ask our guru questions with a view to find out what he or she says about it, hmm, uh, which may not be in accordance with how I feel about it. Hmm. So... You know, we, we don't want to be a formal disciple only. If I go and I want to talk to my guru, I, I feel like it would be good for me to go to Alaska. I have to go, not with a view to get my trip to Alaska approved, if you will, but to find out if my idea of going to Alaska is really good for me or not. So I, I don't go to hear a particular yes or no. I go to hear whatever the answer is. That's what I want. I want the answer. I may feel I like that group over there. Uh, they may be teaching, for example, that uh, you can have Parakya Bhav with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There are Vaishnavas who teach that. My guru will say, no, that's not uh, in our line. That's not in our, our interest. We want to hear. We, in other words, we, we, we don't go wanting a particular answer. We want an, the, the, the opinion of our guru and we want to follow it. That's what Guru Nishta means. That, that's what makes being a disciple me- meaningful. Hmm? Um, so what what he thinks, what she thinks, what's, what, what, what his opinion is, that, that I want that to be, um, I'm convinced that the, my opinion should, should be in accordance. Guru, Guru um, what is that? This is something that we used to sing every day in Iskon. It's a beautiful song, glorifying the Guru. Guru Mukya Padmabokya. What comes from the mouth of the Guru. I want to make that one with my heart. So, you know, you can't sing this every day and then not apply it. When 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 it might become more difficult to do so, for example. Um, but th- that's what it means to live, really, as a sadhaka, to separate ourselves from our ego, from our own thoughts and sentiments and feelings and so forth, as much as is necessary for us to make spiritual progress. Mm-hmm. So that's, we, we, you know, we, we want that, you know, bottom line in our life. Otherwise, we, we, we have a, otherwise we have a guru in name only, right? Uh, and we're just kind of living in our head, want to live in our heart, make our heart. As the verse I just cited, it's a Bengali verse of Narutam Thakur, one with the words, 
of the guru. So I hope that answers your question. Um, uh, but, you know, I had plenty of experience of that myself as a, as a disciple of Prabhupada. Prabhupada determining the, the, these Vaishnavas should be rejected. This disciple who was previously a disciple should be rejected. I had experience of that with uh, some of Prabhupada's disciples who he had to, um, instructed us all in the whole society to distance ourselves from uh, uh, through his letters and so forth. So it happens. It's part of the landscape. What else? I had a quick follow-up comment. I was just recently listening to this uh, talk or podcast by the most famous brain scientist in the world, at least one of them, one of the most famous. His name is Dr. Amen. And one of his comments was that that one of the most important things to understand to have really good brain health and a good mind is that you can't believe everything you think. And it really struck me that even on the material plane, that's true. What to speak of like when it becomes, that comes to spiritual life. And then you could easily extend that by saying you can't believe everything you feel because they come from the psychophysical, you know, you know, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, Conditioned mind. So I just wanted to point that out, that even in the material sense, that's being recognized, that you have to have higher reasoning, basically. Anyway, the next question comes from Gunjan Sharma, and she says, does the present personality likes and dislikes play a role in one's eternal service in Golok? Or is it Krishna's desire to give us a particular role as per his liking? If it is our liking then it can change with every birth. And how can this be explained? I thought we answered that last week. No, I I'm, I thought I told it to you in private, but you didn't actually answer. You you asked this question last week. Yeah, okay, well, I guess I... Thank you, Sadhvi. I guess I haven't been paying attention. <laughs> Let's take the next one. She, it's also from Gunjan Sharma, and she says... Kindly explain the viewpoint of the Lalita Saki Sampradaya and your views on it. I'm not familiar with a Sampradaya called the Lalita Saki uh, Sampradaya. Um, so I can't really comment on that. Um, within Gaudiya Vaishnavism, of course, there is um, there are a number of devotees and sects that emphasize taking shelter of Lalita Saki, the followers of Rupa Goswami, Rupa Manjari. Hmm? Rupa Manjari is the leading Manjari within uh, Radha's uh, camp and Lalita is, you know, one of the two, Vishaka being the other prominent Sakis um, and the Manjaris will come under the under the Sakis. Um, so, um, there's an emphasis in, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism with regard to Manjari Bhav to be under the guidance of, in, 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 in Lalita Sakis gone in her group, or in Vishaka, Raghunath Dasko Swami um, is in Vishaka's group. Um, but, you know, they are more or less the same. So uh, there's 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 a, there's a there, there, you can you can find that uh, quite a bit in, in Bhakti Mode Paribar also 
um, emphasis on Nithisaki, but I don't know if a Nithisaki Sampradaya, um, and so I, and what, what their, uh, their teaching is and so forth. Um, it's, uh, to be honest with you, uh, I know a little bit about different sects and so forth, but it's enough to be busy understanding what theoretically what Gaudi Vaishnavism is. Uh, that keeps me pretty, pretty occupied. Um, I do know a little bit about some other sects, but, uh, there are so many, so I, I can't really comment on that particular group. Okay, that makes if sense. We have, if we have Gaudiya this is this is a Gaudiya sect here, and forum and so forth. So, um, curiosity killed the cat. I, I'm not too curious about what other groups do and say and think. Uh, okay, there's uh, one more question from Gundran Sharma. It's a little longer, so I'm gonna uh, read it a little slower so so that Shamsundar can keep up with me. Gunjan says, when someone who feels natural desire or attraction to Srimati Radharani and the gopis' devotion to Krishna slowly starts to feel and realize a little bit about Mahaprabhu's mood and the intensity of separation of Mahaprabhu's heart, if that makes one feel distant from Gora Lila due to absence of Srimati Radharani in her personal form, how shall one understand such emotions erupting in one's heart where separation causes distance from a particular pastime or lila? And how can one move ahead from this situation? Well, um, I don't think that... Um, well, well <laughs> it's hard for me to imagine... Um, um, being attracted to Radha Bhava and that resulting in a distance from Gorlila. I think that betrays a lack of understanding of what Gorlila is about. Yes, the physical absence of Radharani uh, is apparently the case in Gorlila, but Gorlila is is the very core of the Brajlila. So Gorlila is not really separate from the Brajlila. If you go as deep as you can into the Brajlila, you there you find Gorlila. Hmm? So they're so intertwined that I think that that kind of thinking or feeling is a little superficial and betrays a lack of understanding of of, of Gorlila itself. I mean, the last verse of the Shikshastakam, um, as explained by Krishna Skaviraj Goswami, at the end of Chaitanya Charitamrita, he goes through the Shikshastakam, and he's depicting Chaitanya Mahaprabhu there in Jagannath Puri, um, singing one verse after another, and uh, he has a brief commentary on it. And the last verse he says, this verse was spoken by Radharani. Asli Shiva Padurutam Panashtuma Madarshanam Marmatam Kurutuva Atatataba Abhidhadulam Patu Matpranatas Tusa Ivanapara, indicating 
that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pursuit of Radha Bhav, Krishna's pursuit of Radha Bhav, which is what Gaurila is about, was successful. The last verse spoken by Chaitanya, this is the end of Chaitanya Charitamrita. It says he's successful. He, 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 he came, Krishna came to taste Radha Bhav. Um, so, Gaurila, from the Radha Dasim point of view, is, is, is trying to help Krishna, trying to help Krishna taste Radha Bhava. So we find Sarup Damodar, uh, Ramananda Roy, in the end, trying, trying to help Chaitanya, Krishna, Gaur Krishna, to enter into the Bhava of Radha. These are servants of Radharani. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Ketsu Damodar and, uh, and, um, and Ramananda Roy. And meanwhile, Gadadhar, who is Radha himself, herself as he steps into the background hmm? so the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu can step fully into the Baba of Radha so uh, you say that Radharani is not physically there she's there in another form and in a very prominent way um, um, if Swarup, if Lalita Saki is there if Subal is there or Vishaka some think of Ramananda Roy's Vishaka, some think of him as like Subal, like uh, Arjun, the Priyanarmasaka of Braj. Um, it's uh, hard to imagine that, you know, that, that, that Radharani's not, <laughs> not present. <laughs> These are her intimate servants and they're, they're helping Krishna to taste that that which he so so desires so that so i think that um also it's it's, it's worth the uh, invoking a statement of puja patridamarsh first the gift then the giver so if you if you get a gift from someone what do you think about more the gift itself or the giver. If I get a gift, I, I I use it, or I may not be able to use it. People give me all kind of things, but but I think of the giver, right? And the giver endears himself or herself to my to my heart. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the giver of of Krishna Lila. There is no Krishna Lila for us without Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is Kali Yuga. He's the Yuga Avatar, and he is Krishna in pursuit of Radhabhav. He's opening the gates to uh, to Goloka. So, if we're really getting the Radhabhav, Radha Dasyam, let us let's call it, that is so central to Gaudiya Vaishnavism, how can we be, feel distanced from the giver? This is a very practical way of thinking about it. So it should, uh, uh, the more we get Radha Dasyam or uh, um, as, as, a, as an ideal, the more we should feel uh, dear to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu um, rather than distanced from him. Gaur Leela, of course, is a little different in its shape and form 
and so forth than than Krishna Lila. That said, it's also worth noting that Bhakti Vinod points out some devotees have more affinity for Krishna Lila, some have more affinity for Gaur Lila, some have equal affinity for both. So for advanced devotees, there may be um, some greater affinity for Krishna Lila than for Gaur Lila. From, from my point of view, that that they're just not getting it, but <laughs> but it's fair enough that 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 that, that may be the um, reality for for some. But um, again, first the gift, then the giver. So put that in uh, in place, if you will. Hope that helps. Thank you very much. The next question is from Udarani from Poland. She says, Gurmaraj, it seems proper to me that I should offer everything to Krishna, my problems, dilemmas, my tendency to control. What are your thoughts on this? Is it proper and how to do it in the proper way? Well, we should offer ourselves with all our blemishes to Krishna. <laughs> uh, uh, knowing that uh, he's very generous and kind and that he'll um, remove the blemishes more effectively than the other method. Um, so with that kind of faith, we take uh, shelter of him. And in that way, we kind of develop a samskar for depending on Krishna. Hmm? It's like someone may ask, well, is, is it Krishna in my life or is it uh, karma? Well, it's both, but um, maybe kind of a simplistic way to think about it, that it's Krishna in my life. Not that Krishna is not in our life, but if we worship the deity, there's so many instances of Krishna being in someone's life, personally, right? Um, but uh, even to the extent that he may not be personally present in this one's karma, it's, it's to our advantage to think that think of Krishna has arranged this, um, and that we develop a tendency to depend on Krishna. This is the kind of samskar that we want. In the Gita, uh, there's a, a form of mixed devotion that's mentioned. Um, so he said, whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever you like, dislike, whatever, offer it to me. Something like that. So there's some scope for that. Now, You've mentioned a couple of particulars, your tendency to want to control things. Uh, how we, how we offer that to Krishna? Well, I think when you catch yourself doing that, you have to say to yourself, Krishna, I know that you're the controller. And here I am. What a, what a poor job I'm doing. And what an unqualified person I am. So I, you know, raise my hands to you and, uh, and, and offer this uh, tendency in myself to you, the actual controller, that, that something like that. So turn, you know, with, with regard to some ugly things about ourselves, turn it into a prayer, and maybe make a little light of it, in light of who Krishna actually is. When we think about that, then <laughs> it can make uh, that, for example, our tendency to want to control things seem a little, little, little silly, right? So that's what I would suggest. Thank you for the question. Thanks very much. 
the next question is from Sadri. I have a question um, about, um, for me, it sounds very like amazing how Krishna might, um, how we can establish a personal relationship with, you know, at that point when we already have some, well, I don't know, when we are in the spiritual world or something, it sounds so amazing that being so small and, you know, now so conditioned here, uh, how it is possible that we can attract and have a personal relationship with, with the Supreme, how he can get attracted. I heard that he gets attracted by Svarupa Shakti, by Bhakti Shakti itself, because he, because like, when we become completely pure, we can like reflect this Rupa Shakti and this is how he gets attracted to, to us. Can you please explain a little bit? Well, Krishna is, 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 is the absolute God, if you will, uh, but uh, fully under the influence of his Rupa Shakti. So, for example, there's Brahman as another feature of the Godhead, where the Surup Shakti is not uh, is not manifest. So there's no variegatedness, no differentiation, no form, and so forth. So, and then the Surup Shakti is is manifest differently, uh, arguably to a lesser extent. In Vaikuntha and Krishna's has a form there corresponding, right? So the Surup Shakti is in the hearts of the devotees and a, a particular bhava and Krishna is responding accordingly. You follow me? Hmm? So Krishna's, um, in Braj, they have intimate love and, and so, and they wanted intimate love as sadhakas. So Krishna appears in a form that corresponds. He says, as people approach me, so I reciprocate accordingly. Now, when we say as sadhakas we approach, we're not approaching without the srup shakti. The srup shakti is is what bhakti is constituted of. So even in sadhana bhakti, srup shakti is there, right? There's a point where it becomes um, prominently uh, present. We call that bhava bhakti. And that is that point, a dominant self-defining emotion um, spiritual emotion, stai-bhava, uh, manifests. Prior to bhava-bhakti, it hasn't manifested. It has its, but it has its beginnings um, before that. And um, Swarupa-shakti is present, but we have to kind of churn that, if you will, through sadhana, hearing, chanting, and so on and so forth. Higher stages in ruchi and asakti starts to become apparent. Uh, uh, and the idea in a meaningful sense I like you're probably talking about it of relationship with Bhagavan becomes more um, practical and understandable by a taste only for bhakti and it's a specific type of taste that has a corresponding object that appears in asakti that stage just before bhava well, then, in these two stages, Ruchi and Asakti, what it means to have a personal relationship with Krishna becomes a little more apparent for the sadhaka, even before 
entering into Baba Bhakti. Prior to that, Nishta, uh, you know, Anartha Nibhuti and so forth. Well, you know, it's a little more difficult to perhaps um, think of ourselves because our sense of ourselves is cluttered with all of our conditioning and so forth. But we, you know, have to understand the, the theological uh, reality, philosophical reality and what stage we're at and so forth. Um, um, and and uh, it's useful also in those stages to hear about those who have those kind of relationships mm-hmm. um, and what they're like. Mm-hmm. And then we find them to be charming. Mm-hmm. Those gopis, those gopas, how they, they interact with Krishna. Mm-hmm. They become our worshipful object. This becomes, you know, uh, Krishna Nandaya Dimahi. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing what is the my understanding of the tattva hmm? guru tattva krishnanandaya dhimahi hmm? first we have to understand something about guru tattva which is an elusive topic but as we understand that better and we become fixed in following the guru then the bhava of the guru becomes the krishnanandaya that becomes the meditation hmm? Right, um, the guru, and um, then um, the, those devotees in the lila that correspond, gopis and gopas. How these gopas and gopis interact with Krishna? Hmm? I mean, it's very. If you if you hear about them, you read about that. You hear about. You find out what Krishna's like. <laughs> it's amazing. You, you you hear about his qualities, how he responds in different circumstances and so forth. You just become uh, charmed by him and you develop a really, so you develop a relationship like that. This is like anything in one sense. Sometimes uh, the new disciple says, how do I develop a relationship with you? I say, well, you know, it takes time, <laughs> you know, get to know me, you know, I don't, whatever. You know, if you spend time with me, you get to know me and I'll get to know you better on, you know, on a certain level level which they're talking about. Otherwise, it's an internal level. That's a whole other thing. That becomes apparent in due course. But the point is, I'm making that if you associate with with Krishna and what love of Krishna means as it takes shape in the form of Krishna's gopas and gopis, I mean, they are all about, they love Krishna personally. And they love certain things about him that, you know, define the nature of their relationship and so forth. So hearing about them is very um, helpful for us in the beginning um, stages of developing a personal relationship with Krishna, despite our own conditioning. We kind of like put that all aside for a moment, hear about them, become charmed by them, then you want to follow them. And then your shortcomings and all become very unappealing to you. You think these two, two things don't go together, and they're very one side is very ugly, the other side is very beautiful. So, wouldn't you rather go to bed every night thinking, I did something beautiful today, I accepted the good things, I did what was favorable for bhakti? Oh, I can go to bed with a very peaceful mind, sleep well, 
dream about Krishna. So, hope that helps. Yeah, thank you. In the battle of, you know, Bhajana Kriya, this stage, we have to factor in a good um, amount of hearing about Krishna and his associates, Gopas and Gopis. It's powerful to help you overcome your shortcomings. Okay, what else? I had a quick follow-up question, Guru Maharaj. Um, Last week, you said something about the, I forget the exact wording, but you said something like about the glories of mixed bhakti. And I was like, what? You know, but then you explained what you meant with that. And I've been thinking about it a little bit since. And so in this connection, um, I guess what I'm asking is, so even for a lot of sadhakas, even the stories about Krishna and his gopis and gopas, it still, there's no taste for it, right? Like, you know, intellectually, that's what you want to go towards, but there's no actual taste. You start reading whatever, you know, Lula book, and it's like, well, this is just not really working for me. So I guess this is where the, you know, the glories of mixed devotion come in. Like, how far down, I guess this is kind of a silly question, but what I'm trying to say is, isn't it then necessary to mix your bhakti more so that you can go low enough that you actually, it, it connects with your uh, conditioning so that you get inspired again? Like, you yeah. kind of have to, yeah. Well, I understand your question, but I think that um, when we talk about mixed bhakti, we're really talking more about an ideal. What you're talking about is something a little different. There's an ideal of mixed bhakti. Bhakti mixed with karma. Bhakti mixed with kyan is a sadhana. They are sadhanas and they have an end result. Hmm? That end result will not be Goloka Vrindavan. Hmm? By mixed bhakti. Are you there? Yeah. By yeah, mixed, I'm right here. By gyan, gyan, you can have you can have gyan mixed with bhakti, or you can have bhakti mixed with gyan. You can have karma mixed with bhakti or bhakti mixed with karma. There'll be different results, right? So I was explaining, I think, last week that you know, by, by bhakti mixed with karma, you can go to Bhaikuntha. Not everybody, there may be pure bhakti and go to Bhaikuntha also, but by mixed bhakti, you can also go and attain a certain status there. Um, so, um, so what we have become attracted to is uttam bhakti. Now we're in the stage of sadhaka, sadhana form of uttam bhakti, but so our practice may be up and down and so forth. And we have material desires get in the way and, and so on. But our ideal at the same time is to enter into Goloka Vrindavan. And we, we like the ideal. We may not be able to stay awake and read about it and, 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 and and it takes more adhikar to become attracted to the lila hmm, than we may have. That's one problem. But there's another problem also. Another problem is the lila books that are available in English may be very limited in their capacity to actually convey hmm, what's taking place in the way that they do naturally in the Sanskrit language, for example, for someone who speaks Sanskrit, who's learned it. The Lila Granthas of the Goswamis were all written in Sanskrit. It's a very complex language. It's full of 
especially the, these these Lila Grandas full of metaphors and similes and and uh, indirect speech and so forth, Parokshabad um, and so on. So to 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 render that into the English language or another foreign language and really capture what's being said there is difficult. And I so I've seen over the years. Um, since Prophet's passing, you know, many books have come out in English, Leela books and so forth, but they don't, they don't really capture the fe- feeling. They're kind of a literal translation that the writer doesn't take the liberty to, doesn't understand, have a feeling for himself that much or herself and seek to convey it in the other language. So it can be a little, little dry. Hmm. Now I've tried to avoid that in my recent book about Sakurasa. I think you've read some of it. Some of it you found it perhaps a little more interesting than some of the other little books that you've you've read. So I, I know that experience. That's 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 one thing. Hmm. The other thing, as I mentioned earlier, yes, our Adhikari may be may be lacking. So okay, here's Ujvali Almani. I'm going to read it, but I don't find it very interesting. Or, you know. The, the, for reason of body car, that that very much may, may be the case, and so um, that said, what you're talking about is something a little different. I think you're talking about the fact that that um, we have a certain level of conditioning which determines the measure of our taste and ability to apply ourselves, and so forth. And shouldn't we seek out that and be aware of that level of conditioning and practice according to, you're really talking more about Adhikar. Mm-hmm. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur translates a verse from the 11th canon of the Bhagavatam, I forget the Sanskrit, but he translates it, that uh, knowing one's Adhikar is true beauty. Mm-hmm. So, so the, yeah, there, there's something to be said for that. Mm-hmm. Now, um, at the same time, we should. It's it's a, it's kind of a slippery slope because you know, we can say, "Well, this is my conditioning. I'm only going to apply myself this much," you know, and, and, and so forth. We should apply ourselves a little more, <laughs> a little more. <laughs> yeah, this is my conditioning, and um, therefore, you know, I can't. I can't chant 64 rounds a day. Okay. I can't chant. So I'm going to chant this many. Get my guru's blessings for that. And, and that, that's where I'm at. And I feel better and more enthused in my practice with that than trying to chant, you know, more than that. That's kind of what you're talking about. That, that makes sense. But we want to see that by that adjustment, we're actually more enthused about spiritual life hmm. rather than, uh, you know, this is where I'm at and uh, and I'm not enthusiastic about that spiritual life. I don't have to be because, you know, no, there, there has to be a little, a little effort there to go to the next, next level. So does that help? Yeah, very much. Um, I, I guess what happens sometimes is like when you start doing that thing of like, thinking of finding your actual level of adhikar, you get enthusiastic, but not about bhakti. You get enthusiastic about being relieved that you don't have to practice anymore. 
So like it's easy to sometimes I maybe uh, kind of mix the two. Anyway, let's uh, jump on to the next question. Okay. Uh, the next question is from Ganga Shakti. She says, I was curious about Madhu Mangal. He's a Brahmana, but, but still goes out to herd the cows and calves with the cowherd boys. I was wondering why. Madhu Mangal is a player in Krishna Leela, in the drama of Krishna Leela. And yes, he's a, he's a Brahman. And um, in the Prakat Leela, he enters the Leela. as explained in Gopal Champu, uh, just before Krishna is born with Purnamasi. But he doesn't become a player actively in the Leela until Krishna be- is born, grows up, and and begins his cow herding and, and even his, his romantic life. Mm-hmm. Um, at which time Purnamasi turns him over to Krishna and uh, he becomes then um, a member of Nandamar's family, lives in, lives in Nandamar's house. He's Pujari there. He has some assistance too in Aprakat Leela. Um, but um, yes, he's a Brahmin. He's a Brahmin. He's kind of a, a farcical Brahman is kind of a farce of a Brahman, if you will, as Narada Muni is in uh, outside of Braj. Narada Muni would be the expansion of Madhu Mangal. Mm-hmm. Um, but the farcical side of 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 um, Narada Muni is you know fully developed in in Madhu Mangal. So he's a farce of a Brahman. I mean, it's just you know. He's a joke of a Brahman. And of course, part of this is instructive to us from the Brajlila that not to be proud about your Brahmanism, which is, you know, typically happens in the Kali Yuga. Brahmins are, the Brahman sect is said to be, you know, corrupted and, 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 and so forth. So Prabhupada found that all very charming uh, <laughs> about, uh, uh, but yes, he's a he's a he's a Brahmin, but he goes cowherding with Krishna um, because although he's a Brahmin, he has uh, Sakyabhav. Mm-hmm. So, Brahman is the status and structure of the Leela, which is a Varnashram structure. But really, what the Leela is all about, what fuels it, is the Bhava, right? So, he has the Bhava of Saka and Anarma Saka. He's also called, it's called Ubidusaka, which means a jokester. Um, so he, he very much um, brings Hasya Rasa, uh, humorous Rasa, into, into Krishna's Leela. But um, um, he's driven, again, by his Baba rather than by his official, you know, Varnashram standing, which is like just the superficial structure of the Leela. That's why you can't take the superficial structure of the Leela and pl- place it here and say, you know, gopis do that there. We can, uh, go, girls should do this here. You know, it, it doesn't work quite like that, um, for example. 
um, we have to come in touch with the bhav of the lila. So anyway, his bhav is that of a priyanarmasaka. So he goes cowherding with Krishna, but he only does so much. Even in the context of that, his Brahmanism will show up and he'll criticize the, the Vaishas for being, un, for being untruthful once they, because there's, although they're, they have a license to be given that they're Vaishas, when in fact it's him, he, he moves untruthful as a corrupt Brahman, if you will. Um, but, um, uh, you know, he's not going to milk a cow. Hmm? He's there to give blessings. Hmm? to the coward boys and to his friend. He has a friend named Krishna, so he's with him, you know. So um, um, he's a special, uh, yeah, he's a special case, if you will. Otherwise, all the boys are are some type of Vaishya or Abhira, some type of caste like this. There's mixed, Krishna's mixed caste. Abhira means mixed with Vaishya and, and, uh, and a touch of Brahmanism. So, um, 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 but still, prominent is the is the Vaisha uh, disposition, and the, you can you can see the Krishna is very clever, kind of a smart person, very clever. His Vaisha intelligence, but he has that influence of of Brahmanism as well, so he can be very philosophical at at, at the same time. Typically, a Vaisha is not going to be very philosophical, but has clever intelligence, how to get things done and accomplish things. And so forth. Um, so anyway, I'm just you know, chatting about it. But um, um, even as I say, even while he is fully immersed in the coward leelas with Krishna, he's there as a Brahman in his own estimation, watching over things, giving blessings to the coward boys, and so forth, and. Uh, and keeping his Brahmin sensibilities, he, he, he's not a, he's not a cow a cow herder, hmm. but he's in Sakyabhav. Hmm. There's Sakyabhav outside of cowherd. Draupadi's a cow is a, is, is in Sakyabhav. She's not a cow herder. <laughs> so I hope that helps. There's a follow up from uh, Ananta Govinda on Madhu Mangal. He says. I also read that he is seven years older than Krishna and wears a mustache. Is that factual? Depends <laughs> <laughs> who you listen to, but uh, um, yeah, according to Gopal Champu, he's older because he comes into Braj with Purnamasi before Krishna's even born. He does, as I said earlier, but he doesn't participate in the Leela until Krishna Leela reaches a certain point. Then he and he's handed over to Krishna by Purnamasi. It's a very touching scene uh, there in Gopal Champu. Um, but um, he never ages. So whatever age he is, in the Prakat Leela, when Krishna reaches that, that age, you know, then they're the same age. Um, so... In one way, yes, he's 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 older. In another way, he's not. Um, but I never heard of him being described as having a mustache. Um, we tend to think of him as just 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 a little little too young to grow much of a stash. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
The next question is from Gayatri. She says, having no real inspiration or understanding on how to pray to Krishna, what are some prayers I can recite in the morning as I wake up and pay my obeisances? Well, uh, typically when we wake up in the morning, we pay our obeisances to the, to the earth that we're going to step on. And we pray to the earth that I may, I'm going to step on you. Please forgive me. May my steps only be such that they are for the pleasure of Krishna, which will give pleasure to you. Um, there's a Sanskrit verse like that. Of course, I don't know it, but that's the spirit of it. So that's a, a typical prayer. Um, or we pay our obeisances to our guru as well, to Gore, to Krishna. There are so many prayers. And you can recite Guru Pranam, another day starting, um, Sadaka. May, may I act in such a way as pleasing to my guru. Um, and to Mahaprabhu also. Um, so there are many nice prayers. Um, but, you know, simply put, prayer I mentioned to earth, you can say it in English. Pranam to your guru. Pranam to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Namo Mahabhadanaya. Krishna Prema Pradayate. Krishnaya. Krishna Chaitanya Namne. Gaurav Prishay Namo. Namo Brahmanya Levaya. O Brahmanya Hichayata. So you can do it like this. Pranam to Guru, Gaur, Krishna, Radha. Prayer to the earth. That'll let you wake you up. Does that help? I mean, you say you don't know how to pray to Krishna, you know. Well, it's simple, you know, pray with feeling. Please help me. Mm-hmm. Once Prabhupada was asked about yoga, he said, yoga, we just pray to Krishna. My dear Krishna, please help me. That's our yoga. That's all. So. The problem, though, Guru Maharaj, when I do that, is that it, even that doesn't feel genuine. It's just words coming out of my mouth. Well, that's why I say the spirit of it is, doesn't matter about the words. <laughs> you, have to, you have to say, please help me and really feel that you need help. You need to you need to understand how how hard your heart is. Right? Very. <laughs> Thank you, Gorosh. <laughs> and then you and now you need to pray. You have problems, right? You have difficulties in your life. Yes. So, okay, so here's something for you to think about. Then it's difficult for you to deal with them, and they 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 become mountainous at at, at at times so if you pray to krishna that you can overcome the obstacles that you can that you, if, if when you feel oh, i can't deal with this this is too much this is hard and, and so forth then feelingly you take shelter of krishna krishna i can't do this they say that you can lift mountains there's a story like that i'm supposed to believe it because i've heard it in, it's in a book but but if you can, please lift this mountain for me that I may get over this. And then, and then certainly if that's the case, I'll, I'll be more uh, free to put myself at, at your, at your uh, disposal. Show me 
show me, show me your presence, help me with this obstacle. So when when you have real needs that you can't deal with yourself, then pray to Krishna. I don't know how, you know, that, that should be something that you could do feelingly because you really feel like you need help. You really feel like you need help. And you don't know anybody that can help you. That there's supposed to be this guy named Krishna, God, who can help you, right? And uh, and you've seen that there seems to he seems to exist in the lives of others who are inspi- inspiring to you. And so you can't see Krishna, but you can see love of Krishna in others. So you you believe that he exists, and you're asking a small thing for such a big person. But if your necessity is great, then you have a better capacity to pray with some feeling, right? However low that may be, you may not be able to pray feelingly, oh, Krishna, I just want to serve you in the groves of Vrindavan, Dumara Milani Bhai, Abhashe Shukapai, Gucharani Gurideen, or Kartavani Chutta Chuti Bani Kai, Lutaputishe Deen, Kobe Hobe more, like Prabhupada prayed, to herd cows with Krishna. You may not feel like that, but there are other things that you feel that you, you would really like to be able to do and you need help with. So ask Krishna. So according to your necessity, then you'll be able to pray with feeling. What is your other option? Not to pray. Then you'll have to deal with it yourself. Not that he may always reciprocate, but anyway, at least... Um, your, your your problem isn't what to pray, it's how to pray with feeling. So I'm giving an answer. Hmm. That as you feel a necessity, a need, hmm, that's when you pray. That you have a personal need. Pray to Krishna, whatever it is. Pray to Krishna for it. Hmm. And then you have to think, philosophically, I pray to you because I know it's I'm asking for broken pieces of glass. Hmm. And you're a valuable jewel, but I want broken pieces of glass. And Dhruva did too. He was a great devotee of yours. Dhruva wanted that. What to speak of me? Hmm? So, and at least I'm following Dhruva, and he became a great devotee on top of that. And you gave him the broken pieces of glass. So I'm praying for the broken pieces of glass. And hopefully, like Dhruva, you'll give me more than that. Give me yourself as well. Something like that. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Gomez. Okay. And I'll pray for you too. All right. The next question is from Ananta Govinda. He says, Dear Maharaj, pronouns. With the Ratayatra season in full swing, I was re-listening to your lecture series on Lord Jagannath Lila. In the pastime of Brajabasi's visiting Krishna and Kurukshetra, you were describing their meeting and then said that, quote, some of the Brachabasis did not get a chance to go, but that's a whole other story. Can you kindly share more details on that pastime? Thank you. I can't remember that. <laughs> I don't know why I said that, actually. Uh, another story on some of the Brachabasis did not get to go. Um, um yeah, I'm sorry, I can't elaborate on that. Um, what was on my mind at that time sounds interesting, to be, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
I can't even think of a, of a reference for that. So sometimes when you speak, you know, you get inspiration. If you don't speak on it, it might, it, it might evaporate. So, it was the past time of all buses coming yeah, out. I don't know, when you're saying something, but I can't, can't hear oh. you. Sorry. I'm on the wrong channel here. So I can't hear you. Nice to see you, though. I can see you now. <laughs> Unmute. I don't know. Sorry, some technical. Yeah, for some reason, no sound. Mute original audio. Pumsi Dhari is making a comment. Let me learn it. Pumsi Dhari, Pumsi Dhari. Pumsi Dhari says, it's always touching to acknowledge the Mother Earth and that she's supporting us. Yes. And someone has placed the verse there for Gayatri to look at. Om Pritibi Tvayad. Drita loka devi tam vishu vishuna drita, so on. Um, so that's there. But uh, not to go into, still, you're more tech. He said in, he said in the chat, he said, never mind, he has some tech issue. Okay. Okay. Well, well, that's just about it. We're out of time. Nice to be with you all. And uh, I'll see you next week. Go Premanande, Rebo. Hari Rebo, Shiradur Maraj, Kijai. Thanks so much, Guru Munch.